question. What does your CEO think about sales? Well, we're going to hear from a CEO today. Get inside his head and try and figure out how do CEOs look at the magical, mystical world of sales on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to The Buyer's Mind. I am your host, Jeff Shore, and this is the podcast where we try and figure out what's going on in the head of the people who are thinking about making a purchase decision. We believe strongly on The Buyer's Mind that if you understand the way that somebody wants to buy, that you can craft your sales presentation to make it easy for them to do just that. And that is what we want to do. We want to make it easy for our customers to buy. Of course, everybody loves sales. We know that sales provide the revenue that fuels the machine and nothing happens in any organization until a sale gets made. But today we want to look at it from the perspective of the CEO, of the boss man, and how those who run the place feel about sales. I'm joined as always with our show producer, Paul Murphy. Uh, Paul, your boss is a gentleman by the name of Wade Mayhew. He is our executive vice president here at uh, Shore Consulting. And let's be honest, uh, he basically runs the place, right? I mean, I I've got the title on the door, but I, I think you and I can agree Wade basically runs the place. He is the guy who cracks the whip, there is no doubt, but I got a lot of respect <laughs> for him. He's pretty amazing. He is. He is. Uh, do you have, here's the question for you. He, Wade is responsible for so many different things. Do you have any idea how he does as much as he does, how he can really look at everything all at once? Because to me, it just looks like it'd have a massive headache. You know, I, I'm always impressed uh, because he's got his fingers in so many different things, both creatively, uh, design-wise, as well as all the business details. Uh, mm -hmm. I have no idea how he does it. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't either. I just know that I have to have him in that role because I couldn't do it. Uh, but I, I know that even though he is looking at so many different things, he remains focused on what really matters. And what really matters is sales. He gets it. And that is what great CEOs do, right? People who run the company, the people in charge there, they focus on what counts. And the great CEOs know firsthand that if you don't got sales, you don't got nothing. And on today's interview, you're going to hear from a CEO who truly gets it. Doug Bauer is the CEO of the $3 billion company, the TriPoint Group, and this guy loves sales. Let's talk to Doug Bauer for a CEO's view on sales. All right. Well, listen, hey, you know, here on The Buyer's Mind, we love to have true experts to be able to chat about how our how we approach our customers, how we work with our customers, and what that convergence is between uh, the the our sales professionals, sales executives, and with uh, the buyers who are who are purchasing. And so, what's really really cool is when you have the opportunity who has to take that the thirty thousand foot view on that and get a really good strategic sense. And so, from time to time, I love to bring on somebody who's calling the big shots, the CEOs of companies, and. We've got the CEO of a huge company right now, the TriPoint, uh, a, a group of companies. Uh, please welcome to the buyer's mind, Doug Bauer. Doug, how you doing, sir? I am doing great. Thanks, uh, Jeff, for having me on. 
Appreciate it. No, no. Hey, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. We we we've go we go way back, and we've had the opportunity to work together in the past. And and I, and I just think it's going to be great for our, especially for our frontline sales executives who are listening to this podcast, to get a sense of the way that CEOs think. But in particular. Uh, CEOs who are, shall we say, sales friendly, right? Sometimes we run into senior executives who see sales as something of a necessary evil. That's never really been your thing. You've always seen sales as a as an integral part of what it is that we do, recognizing that if you don't have revenue, you don't have much of an operation. Where, where did your where did that start for you? When did when did it sort of click in for you that uh, man, we we got to make sure that the sales thing is done right? Well, uh, I guess I'll have to divulge some personal information about Doug. Uh, <laughs> you know, my uh, my passion for sales probably comes from my family DNA. Um, Jeff doesn't know this. Jeff and I've known each other for over twenty years and and done a lot together. But uh, my family, my dad, my brother, my cousins, everybody was a salesperson. And as a matter <laughs> of fact, when I got out of University of Oregon, IBM already had a job lined up for me. And I'm like, I don't want to be in sales. I want to be in finance. I need to understand numbers. So I think part of my DNA, and oh, by the way, I did sell uh, um, uh, men's sportswear at Nordstrom. So, you know, the, the DNA in me is, is really driven uh, in, in, by sales personally, but obviously also professionally, because without mm-hmm. sales, uh, we, we don't have anything in the housing business. So you got recruited by IBM. That was like at the time, especially that was, those were the big boys of sales. That, that was like, if you really wanted a sales career, that was, that was where you were going to go. And, and you turned it down. I turned it down uh, because I really wanted to get a, get a handle on, on the financial end of business. And so I, I actually got into banking and eventually we're not going to interview Doug for his uh, career, but I got into home building and, uh, and there's nothing more important in home building than, than you know, your customers. And it starts at the front line with the sales and, and all the way through the closing and then beyond the closing. So it's, I'm very passionate about sales. And I've had a big teacher, uh, Mr. Jeff Shore, has taught me that for over 20 years. <laughs> Appreciate the kind words, Doug. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you dinner later on. Uh, when we think about uh, about that, though, it's it, you're in an interesting situation because when you take CEO types of multifaceted organizations, because for you, you have to be in the home building industry, which means you're looking at land acquisition, you're looking at the financials, you're looking at about Wall Street reporting, HR, all of this different stuff that has to come across your desk. Um, and then you somehow have to keep a sales first mindset that is that difficult at times? Because how do you keep your priorities straight? How do you know what to focus on at, at any given point in time? Well, that's a good question. And, and uh, actually, uh, you know, someday I'll, I'll pass away and my wife would like to have somebody analyze my brain because it's so <laughs> compartmentalized. So that's, that's probably the key word. Um, you know, I have uh, been blessed with a mind that can compartmentalize uh, this business, and and I moved from one compartment uh, in my mind to the next. And to to your point, uh, any day will have a myriad of inputs and potential decisions from land to people to operations to customers to investors. This week, I'm going to uh, deal with investors in Boston. So you, you just you, you know, I, I just have an ability to put it in compartment, compartmentalize it. 
But most importantly, have fun. Put a smile on your face and enjoy it. If you don't, if you're not passionate about anything you're doing, obviously, I, I always tell everybody, be passionate. If you're not passionate, you know, go find something else to be passionate about. But you know, I'm, I've been blessed to be in this industry for 30 years, so I'm highly passionate about what we do, and, and most importantly, what we do with the customer. You know more CEOs than most of our listeners. You run in that circle. Do you, when you look about having fun, I think a lot of people look at the idea of the CEO is that is the head honcho is the guy who is not having fun. In fact, it's, you know, sitting there wearing a suit jacket all day long and, and, you know, he's got a stack of gold coins that he uh, accounts for fun over here on the side, but that's about as close to fun as you get. Otherwise it's, it's sort of that all business gruff. Is that just a, a cartoon character that doesn't really exist or are you an anomaly having fun where a lot of senior executives don't? Well, I think it comes to the culture at TriPoint, Jeff. I mean, mm-hmm. we remain very humble and, and like you, we're very sports oriented. So we're a big believer and I'm a big believer in team. And mm-hmm. I'm not that great. Uh, what we have is 1,400 other team members that are really, really great. And so, you know, what I love to do is move around and be with them and, and help motivate them and, and, and encourage them and, and, and see what we're building and, and meet customers. I mean, one of the things that I do to stay actually connected to customers that I, I do run by a lot of CEOs that I don't think do it. And they all look at me like they're crazy, mm-hmm. but we have Alliant as our uh, customer satisfaction survey and it's all automated. So every day I get surveys coming in and, and, what I do at night is I call customers periodically. I'll just call a customer. I'll call up to Jeff Shore and say, hey, Jeff, mm-hmm. hey, this is Doug Bauer, the CEO of TriPoint Group. And I understand you just bought a house in Houston from our Trendmaker brand. And, and, and 99% of the time, the, the homeowner goes, what's wrong? <laughs> and they go, there's nothing wrong. I just wanted yeah. to say thank you. Thank you for your business. And here is my number. And if you ever have a problem, please call me. And I've been doing that for 30 years. And, and I, that's how you stay connected to your customers. If you, you've got to be passionate about it because guess what? Those customers are putting food on the table for everybody at TriPoint. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I think the mistake that a lot of executives make all of, uh, up and down the executive rank, but particularly as you get into the higher level executives, is that we only talk to customers when they are like stark raving, uh, right. fanatically angry at some point. And at, at that point, by the time it gets to you, there might even be an attorney involved. And if those are the only people that you're going to talk to after a while, you sort of get to hate your own customers because every time you talk to them, you get a headache. But the way you're doing it, what happens, it it allows you to proactively reach out to people who are not angry. And sometimes I would guess those are where the best lessons about the way that we can do business are going to be found. Totally. I mean, that is the best way to learn uh, not only about your customer, but also about your product and also about your customer service that you're providing in this business. So yeah, it's a ton of fun. And, and listen, you know, they're not, they're not all happy. And a few of them, you know, I talk to and, and a lot of times then you, you, you've got to just be a good listener and listen to them. Um, and, and think about if this was your mother, would you want to be treated any differently? So those are the mm-hmm. things I, I always tell our operations people that if, if the customer is mad and is disappointed and they get to me, we're going to fix their problem. I mean, right. this, this, yeah. It. 
yeah, not a lot uh, to be gained by getting into a, a, a spat over something that uh, in the long run is probably not going to mean anything. Uh, let's talk about about sales professionals because I, I know you you're pro customer, but you're also pro salespeople. And again, this is one of those disciplines that is often seen as a necessary evil. Uh, will you you came out of the banking world, uh, and so you know I'm sure you love a good spreadsheet as much as anybody. Certainly far more than I. I can promise you that. But but uh, when it comes to understanding your salespeople. You know, you, you got to look at it from that perspective and say, do I see them as a necessary evil or are these people that I really want to embrace? And so the question I would ask for you is if if you were starting your own company tomorrow and you had to go out and hire your next great salesperson, what are the attributes, the key attributes that you'd be looking for? Well, I, I've been tutored by one of the best. Again, props to Jeff, Jeff Shore in this, but over the years that I've been working uh, with you and and people like Linda Mamey, who are much more brilliant, beautiful people to, to work in the sales and marketing arena. The, the three things that, and these to me are, are very common sense, I, I call them sports analogies, but number one, what I would look for is, is having the DNA, that desire to win, really to be achievement driven. And, and, and frankly, that's something that a lot of us have here. So that's number one. Number two, and I'll never forget this from you, is is you kind of have positive energy. I mean, I, I can't have somebody that's going to be Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to have positive energy. And then lastly, and and this is something that really resonates why we do so much with you is you need to be coachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a trait that all of us need to understand and be aware of. And frankly, that's obviously you're a big sports. Uh, guy too. And and one of the things that we've always worked with you on is what? The fundamental fundamentals yeah. of the business. You got to be coachable. Right. You got to continue to work on the fundamentals, whether you're ice skating or playing hockey or, or mm-hmm. you're selling homes or you're doing a triathlon, you got to continue to work on the fundamentals. So being coachable is that last important trait that uh, I would look for in a salesperson. And and there really is a lot of great sports analogy there, achievement drive, positive energy, coachability. When you see that combination, you know, what you end up with is you end up with those, uh, not those organizations that are great as long as the market is great or great as long as they're the low price leader. But you see, even in highly competitive environments, this is where you see the legacy built. This is where you see the, you know, the 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 New England Patriots of the world, right? That those teams that are, are that know how to perform year after year after year. And I know this is really important to you because for you, it's not enough to have a program uh, if it doesn't if it's not described by way of the team culture. Then it it just seems to bore you. Did did I just put words in your mouth? You put them. You did, but but they're the, the right words, and and that's exactly <laughs> the culture that we have. When you're out uh, working with salespeople, or just out there looking at the competition, whatever it is, or or even in just your everyday life, when you're shopping for a car or a suit or whatever, whatever it might be, what drives you nuts in a in a poor sales performance? What do you just look at and just just causes you to shake your head? You know, and I I say this to all our division presidents and operators, the thing that drives me nuts are new home associates, our salespeople, go a week or max two weeks without a sale. I think somebody taught me that 
if you have 10 people and you got a sale out of one of those 10 people, what about the other nine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what drives me nuts is, is, is the sales performance of our organizations and our, and our leadership teams to go more than a week or two without, and it's not always price. It's, it's, it's marketing. It's, it's, you know, having the right people that are being coachable. It's, it's, you know, positioning your product uh, and merchandise, right? There's so many levers that you have to pull, but mm-hmm. a sales professional should desire to get one sale per week, every week of the year. Mm-hmm. That should be their goal. That should be the, the, the achievement uh, driven mentality that they have. And so that's what drives me nuts is, is when, and I was originally out at, I won't mention where, but at one of our tracks and we went, we, we, we were talking and talking to salespeople and like in our, our whole leadership team. And we're like, Oh, for four weeks. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is yeah. Let's put our heads together. Let's, let's get some energy and positive energy around this and come up with some solutions. And so anyways, uh, enough said there. I, that, that's what drives me crazy. Yeah, sure. Listen, the only thing worse than having a salesperson that is not performing for multiple weeks is having a salesperson not performing for multiple weeks who is not going absolutely bananas, you know, and over and over again. That's what drives me crazy is it it's it's not that you're not performing. It's just they don't really seem to care. I mean, if if I'm the sales professional with that high achievement drive and I'm not selling and I'm doing everything that I think that I can. I'm the one who's pounding my fist on the table. I'm calling everybody in the organization because as you say, winners got to win, right? They just absolutely have to. And so the is that just that acceptance of mediocrity, boy, you and I are aligned on that one. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's talk about this weird, difficult, misunderstood job called a sales leader, because, you know, I've, you know, my mind on this, Doug, we've talked about it in the, in the past and that, in my opinion, a sales executive is one of the most difficult jobs in all of business. And for one particular reason, and that is that on the one hand, we want people who are strategic and analytical and organized. Uh, they've got those good uh, short-term problem-solving skills. They're, they're great business people. They can read the markets. They can understand where they are at any given moment in time. Well, we also want people who are outgoing and gregarious and creative and can can pep people up and motivate and challenge and just have that really inspirational side. So the workout on both sides of the brain is actually very, very difficult uh, for the sales leader. What advice do you have for sales leaders? And it might be just in terms of what you have seen that that where you can connect the dots and say, boy, the sales leaders who do this well, they're the ones who find the greatest success. Well, it, just to clarify, I think you and I are talking about sales lead, sales managers that are yeah, managing, sales managers, sales executives, okay, right? yeah, yeah, area sales manager executives, and and the thing that drives me nuts there is when they spend too much time uh, problem solving, going to meetings, going. They spend too much time in administrative work. They need to focus in on three key things. Number one, and and this is. Now it's something that is at the tip of everybody's tongue after a certain meeting we had in January. But again, part of the fundamentals is number one, they got to focus on lead conversion. They need to be out there focusing with their teams on lead conversion. Then they got to spend time working with people, find people like you on skill development and that coaching, that, that, that fundamentals of blocking and tackling. And then lastly, 
savvy. They should mm-hmm. always be searching and looking and talking to all the people. There's never a point where you need you shouldn't be looking for that next great salesperson that's going to get one a week. I mean, that's that's something that a, a sales leader should be doing. Lead conversion, skill development, and staffing. Those are the three things they should be working on. Get them out of the office. Get them out of the administration part of the business and, and get out there and help sell. Yeah, I'll tell you, if you had somebody who was really acing those three things, we could support everything else that needed to happen on their job. But if they were acing those three things, they would be miles ahead. Uh, you know, I, I, Doug, I, we've known each other for a long time, and I've always appreciated your profound passion, uh, not just for the the industry, but also for uh, the people and the development of people and and the way that you see that that team environment. I, I know you are a long, long way from, like me, from wanting to hang it up, but when you think to the end of your career and you looking backwards, what, what do you think you'll be most proud of uh, at your retirement dinner some 40 years from now? <laughs> 40 years. That means I got 10 more years. That's good. Um, <laughs> me both. Um, you know, really, it's funny you mentioned that because um, a little side story, when the markets were getting all beaten up the second half of last year, and I, I think I was actually going to Boston about the same time, and my wife called me. We're empty nesters, and she's, you know, got the love at home, so she's very happy. But she goes, do you really need to keep doing this? What keeps driving you? What, what, I mean, you're just going through another cycle. I said, so what? This yeah. is what defines comp- great companies from so-so companies. And so when I look back on TriPoint, it's really about the people. I, I want to see us grow all these people and, and grow this business so that a lot of families can uh, have a lot of great personal family time because of their successes at TriPoint. It's not, this isn't about Doug Bauer or Tom Mitchell or Pred. I mean, this is about the people that run TriPoint. And I'm just very blessed to be involved with all these people. There are so many smart people. And that's what I love to be around for the next, if I've got another 10 years, God willing, I just want to be around all our people. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I'm going to Raleigh. I'm going to go to Boston, meet with investors. I'll come back and go to Dallas. I don't like to be here at my desk other than talking to you periodically, but that's what I want to look back on is really the people and the development of this organization. That That's where I get the most uh, satisfaction. And, uh, and I guess at some point, you, you know, I'll reflect back and say, wow, that was really cool. But right. listen, keep, I keep looking out the front of the windshield. Uh, we got to keep working on our, our sales and marketing fundamentals. And uh, we greatly appreciate our relationship with you. I know I keep plugging, but this guy is the greatest. <laughs> Everybody know that. If you want to know the fundamentals of selling, he is the best. So anyways, that's my, uh, my, my uh, talk for the day. Very, very kind. Hey, listen, before we let you go, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. A few rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. You ready? Yes. All right. Your very first job was what? Picking strawberries. <laughs> uh, an album, an album from your youth that you listen to over and over again. An album. How about a group? You too. That's fine. Okay, you too. Yeah, we can get behind that. Uh, the most beautiful place you've ever stood. Marlette Lake on my mountain bike. 
Oh, very nice. Uh, any book that you read early in life that had a profound impact on the rest of your life? Oh, man, there's so many good books. I know, really. It's a tough one, yeah. I, I guess I, I just finished this. I was audible. Uh, younger Next Year. Oh, yeah. That's a fantastic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Those guys in our 50s can be younger yeah. next year, and I'm going to be doing <laughs> triathlons until I'm 80. That's right. Well, I'm going to be playing ice hockey till I'm 80. So uh, let's hold each other to that. Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times, you can't help it when it comes on. You just have to watch it. Lion King. All right. And uh, your first celebrity crush. Who, who was the actress on uh, Top Gun? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Everybody knows who you're. You're good. You're. We'll, we'll, <laughs> that's all you got to say. Everybody knows who you're talking about. <laughs> then again, I like to be. Then again, I like to be Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, I would have accepted either answer. Okay, you're off the hot seat, uh, Doug Bauer. Hey, listen. On behalf of everyone who's involved in the sales discipline, you know, our wildest dream is to work with people who are really passionate about customers and about sales. And uh, so on uh, just I can't thank you enough for your dedication over the years for what you have taught me personally, always inspiring, uh, but just such a great peek into the mind of a CEO. Thanks for being on the buyer's mind, Doug. Thank you, Jeff. Well, there you have it. And I, I got to tell you what, I want to just give you a piece of advice here. Think like Doug Bauer, think like a CEO, because what would you do if all the results rested on your shoulders? Where would you look? And Doug Bauer, I think he looks at it and he gets it. He says, you know what? Everything resides around sales pace. And if we don't have the pace, we don't have a company. And so he's just there. Murph, the passion for sales there was palpable, was it not? Yeah, he uh, he does get it. Uh, I was uh, just amazed uh, at his graciousness to even come on with us as a CEO. He's got uh, lots of things he could do with his time, but uh, he gave us some great insights. He, he did indeed. And and you could probably tell he's just a, a really, really good guy. But but, you know, when I think about it for the sales professionals who are listening to this podcast, when we start thinking like a CEO ourselves, what happens? What happens when we start thinking about how we are the CEO of our own career, the CEO of our own shop? And at that point, it releases the creativity. We start looking at it saying, how can I do this better? And it increases our achievement drive because if I'm the CEO, I've got to win. It increases the accountability because I need to make sure that I'm pushing the right buttons. It increases even the sense of control that I have over my success. And you can control more than you sometimes think you can. In fact, I'm going to suggest that as a sales professional, you need to take charge of your success. That's what CEOs do. They don't sit around and blame everybody else. They understand the buck stops here. Well, that's what great salespeople do too. Look, you can control more than you sometimes think you can. You can take control of your own success. And when you do that, the benefits are rich and deep and it's going to make you great. There you have it, another episode of The Buyer's Mind. But if you know that there's a sales conference coming up and you want to have a keynote speaker who is relevant, who understands what goes on in the mind of the buyer, I'm hoping you would think of me. I do a lot of keynote speaking, and I'm booking up my keynote speaking calendar right now. You can go over to jeffshore.com, click on the keynotes page. You can watch a demonstration video right there, and you can get in touch with Bevan Curtis in our office about how you might bring me in to speak at your next sales conference. Until next time, go out there and change someone's world.